0: said earlier, if we're still here and we still have breath in our lungs, you're not done with us yet. Father, help us to live out that message this morning as we look and we see what we need to do in that meantime. And Father, we we just want to obey you. We want to follow you. Lord, we desire to be goal of cross fitness. I have a goal to be in shape by the time I turn 40. i have been so great in the meantime. I started the goal great because I set the goal. What it is, what you do in the meantime is what matters because that's what determines if you actually achieve that cross fitness. If you don't put in the work, you don't receive the results, or the rewards along the way, or the final achieved status at the end. You're going to continue to remain where you are, even though you have good intentions and you have a goal set. And so this morning we come to a parable that Jesus shares with his disciples. It's a picture meantime, and what they're supposed to do with well, this meantime, as his disciples. So I want us to read this parable together this morning, and let's see what Jesus says we need to be doing in the meantime in order to reach cross-fitness. Now, I'm saying cross-fitness. I'm, I'm not saying that this is what we have to do to reach salvation. As you're going to see as we go through this, okay? This isn't, all oh, it matters what you do to get salvation. No, it doesn't. Not at all. If you guys would start with me, starting Luke 19 verse 11, we're going to go through 11 to 27, and it says, "As they were listening to this, he Jesus went on to tell a parable because he was near Jerusalem, and they thought that the kingdom of God." That hated him and they sent a delegation after him, saying, We don't want this man to rule over us. At his return, having received the authority to be king, he summoned those servants whom he had given the money to, so he could find out how much they had made in business. And the first came forward and said, Master, your high they said that you will be over five towns. And another came and said, Master, here's your rhino. I've kept it safe in a cloth. Because I was afraid of you since you're a harsh man. And you collect what you didn't deposit, and you reap what you didn't sow. And he told him, I will condemn you by what you've said. Why then didn't you put my money in the bank? And when I returned, I would have collected it with interest. And so he said to those debtors take the mine out. so, as we consider the meantime and we want to look and see what Jesus wants from his disciples for the meantime. The first thing we need to see is that the time is not yet. If you're in the Authority to be and then to return. So Luke, in including this parable here, he's t- he ties this teaching and this parable with the account of the encounter with Zacchaeus, which. Because he too is a son of Abraham. For this Israel. He would deliver them from their oppression. And in that thought, the people said, Jesus is Messiah. The Messiah will deliver us. And so that means that the rule of the Roman Empire is going to be over now. Thank goodness. Praise you, Jesus, that you're here. let's go to Jerusalem and let's do it now. The people in that time, they looked, they waited for their political, conquering Savior. People don't do that, right? They don't want the they don't look to a political savior because of the oppression of the government. We say oppression of government, but here in America, we're still very blessed. In the Roman Empire, the oppression of the government was real, and it was experienced every day, especially by the Jews, who were always reminded that they were less than Roman citizens. And so, it's for this reason, and it's for this mindset, that Jesus chooses to share this parable with them as they were listening to what he was saying regarding. And so, in their mind, they're like, once we get there, man, the kingdom is here. Because they had the prophecies of the Messiah. Like Isaiah 9:6. We usually only read this at Christmas, but guess what? It's not Christmas, but it's pertinent to what we're looking at. The promise of the Messiah was this. For a child will be born for us. A son will be given to us. Government was going to be upon his shoulder. Never the answer for our problem. must be traveled in the distance from earth and physical realm to heaven and the spiritual realm. And after traveling the distance, he will receive the authority to be king. But the distance and the authority are both only obtained through the cross, through his death. As we go on, we look at what Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, it says, He, Jesus, humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. So <laughs> Scroll from the beginning, what does it say? In a galaxy far, far away, what are they trying to get you to understand? Well, gave them ten minus and told them, Engage in business until I come back. So the nobleman upon his departure to go and receive the authority for his kingdom. He assembled ten servants together. And he gave them ten minus So the ten servants, like this, they received exactly the same amount of money. And as it was a fairly large amount of money, they're given the sum of money with the instruction that they are to engage it in business until he returns. Now, engage in business is the Greek word. Hand out. They were expected to actively seek to use this money to continue their master's. So what that means, is it means that we're in the time of his absence. The servants represents you and I. each receive talents. There's some differences there. They all receive different amounts. Here they all receive the same amount. I don't believe they're the same parable. And here's why. There's some gifts that are distributed to each by God differently to each and in different measurements of each according to his own pleasure and plan. We are not all gifted in the spirit the same. when he is involved as we come to Christ. We're told that we each get at least one gift. But it also says that he gives gifts as it pleases him so some can have more than one gift. And so you might be the one with one gift. You might have ten gifts. You might be like, I have too many gifts. I don't, I don't know how to use them. Let's talk about the talents. There's some gifts from gifts like the power of prayer, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and salvation. Who here had to earn their salvation? Who all got salvation by receiving it when Christ offered it? Every single person is saved, right? Everybody receives salvation equally. There's nobody who can earn more salvation than another. So I believe the minus represents the gift of the gospel, the power of prayer, and the gift of salvation. And so Jesus tells his servants, "In." Hey. Salvation is different than here. No, we're all on equal footing with it. We all have an equal mission with it. And we need to be about the Father's business in the meantime, because when the time comes, when the time comes. Look at verse 15. Verse 15 says, At his return, having received the authority, Safe and a cloth because I was afraid of you because you're a harsh man. You collect what you didn't deposit, reap what you didn't sell. So his master told him, I'll condemn you by what you said, you evil servant. If you knew I was a harsh man collecting what I didn't deposit and reaping what I didn't sell, why then didn't you put my money in the bank and what I would? Tell you that everyone who has, one will be given, and from the one who does not have. Authority that he sought. Having now returned, he summons together the servants who they give the money to, will be called to account for what they did with what they were given. counting. The first servant says, Master, your mina has earned 10 more minas. That's a 1,000% return. Yes, that, that can't do that. That can't do that. The second servant says, Master, your minus has made five minas. That's 500% return. this <laughs> moment. into several things first death was being faithful in a small matter such as money to being entrusted with a That adds to the kingdom of God. God is. It's God who seeks and saves the lost. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, what does Paul write? He says, What then is Apollos? What is Paul? They're servants through whom he believed, and each has the role that the Lord has given. He says, I planted Apollos water. that you increased it and it just can't be. would do that if they knew that they would get increased Servant gives Jesus back what he was given without using it to engage in business at all. He hid the mina in a handkerchief. It's the same thing as taking the line of the gospel and hiding it under a bushel. It's the same thing as being saved in your life when nobody knows it. The servant took and hid the gospel. He was afraid of failing. What if I share the gospel and they say no? We live by this motto, it's better to have never lost than to do do, uh, anything. I've broken up over two pages. Let me me get this straight in my right here. (laughs) It's better to have never lost than to ever have tried and possibly fail anyway. We live by that. The nobleman to return. He was expecting the nobleman to return as a king. Those who don't believe in the king's return will not be about the king's business. If you truly believe that Christ is coming back, you will engage in his business. If you're not engaged in his business, Back and tell you what they did. Three, only took three of them weren't the other seven. Well, I think he just wanted to show us the principles here with the first three, and he chose this sermon salvation is not dependent on anything you do or don't do. Don't let anybody tell you that salvation depends on what you do or what you don't do. Salvation depends upon your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It's upon His finished work on the cross, and you're believing upon Him only for salvation. It is never... There's no doable. He can't do anything. The opportunity to do business for the Lord will be taken if we don't invest in occupying and engage occupy business for him. You don't want to be this third servant because while he's still saved, he suffers loss. Loss of reward. Christ is showing you that didn't in his kingdom, as he comes back, those who are faithful have a part in his kingdom. Those who aren't faithful will be a subject. judgment coming for us as believers. It's called the Bema Seat of Christ. And you find that word in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10. It says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Judgment seat of Christ in the Greek is Bema Seat. It's not the great white throne judgment. That's where good and evil is judged. The Bema Seat of Christ is where it's judged for rewards. It says, look, so that each'. Obedience, the failure to invest, is a loss of rule and reward. I think Jesus also taught us this. Do something. Do business. Do anything. Something is better than nothing. subjects hated him and sent a delegation what the Bible has said. busy about his business. If you are here this morning, you're not busy about his business, guess what? He's not here yet. You know what that means? You're still in the meantime. There's still time. Don't be negligent. Don't be disobedient. Go and don't allow the only salvation that you are involved with be your own. If you're or otherwise. servants give an account as his servants. The rebellious Meaning God does not delay us, something that He just delays, or that He's not coming. But it's a God. Teaching them all that I've commanded you baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Father, I pray that you would light a fire with you in the church, that you would remind us that you are coming back to Lord, deal with our hearts. If we're not engaged in the business of salvation and the sharing of the gospel, Lord. experiences. Okay.